Welcome to the Content Creator's Guide. This is a place where we expand our knowledge on what it takes to be successful in an ever-expanding world of content creation. Join me as I sit down with individuals sharing their success stories and tips that help them get over the hurdles they faced on their journey to creation success. All right, let's create. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Content Creator's Guide. I will be your host, Patrick Conway, also known in other circles as Jaxus. Little disclaimer, uh, my shows are pre-recorded, so sometimes somebody's going to say, hey, this will be out next week. Guess what? It was already there. Today we'll be talking to the co-host of the widely successful Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Oh, hello, they, me. Uh, sorry. I said before, co-host. Uh, uh, yeah, actually, um, whenever you reached out to me, things were in limbo with Aaron Mm-hmm. And this past week, he stepped down as host, so I am now the only host of the podcast. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, widely, well, now the host of the widely successful Dungeons & Dragons podcast, which is well over 100,000 downloads, and the co-creator of, is it the Fandom University or just Fandom University? Just Fandom University. So Fandom, Fandom University. Fandom uh, U. Another great show with the author Sean Hamill of the Cosmology of Monsters. The making that that's got to be so cool just to have a friend that's an author of it, like a legit book. I, I don't know. I, I don't. Have I mean, yeah, I've, I've, we've been <laughs> we've been best friends since pretty much since we've known each other since we met in the ninth grade. And All right. He's always been writing. We uh, he's uh, from writing like screenplays in high school which were about like us, you know, like doing like getting into like sort of like a uh, enhanced versions of the actual shenanigans we were getting into um, (laughs) to, you know, short stories to the one act plays. And, you know, he went to school, got a degree in English and then got accepted into the Iowa Writers Workshop, which is pretty much the Harvard of uh, fiction writing of writer guilds. (laughs) And uh, yeah, and uh, then graduated from there. And got his book published. I mean, he's 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 done. It. He's doing it. He's doing the thing. He's one of those kids that made good. You know, that's awesome. Like local kid makes good. Everybody, uh, please welcome Sergio Hernandez. Hello, thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm one that just likes to really kind of just get right into the meat of things when it comes to doing an interview. I wanted to ask you, what was your inspiration? For getting into content creation in the first place, maybe it had something to do with, you know, Mr. Hamill. Actually, it very much does. Um, we, uh, you know, not to sound egotistical or anything, but we had several people tell us, like, when the two of you get together, like the way you just riff and and joke and banter, like I could listen to that for hours. And so one day back, I mean, and really, we've sort of been doing podcasts before podcasts were even a thing. Yeah, uh, uh, me too. He would uh, come, like, we would spend the night at each other's houses during uh, high school, you know, stay up all night playing video games, watching bad movies. And I also had this old tape recorder with an actual, like, cassette tape. Mm-hmm. And we would record ourselves doing these, quote unquote, like, uh, radio shows. Like, and we would just improv, like, improv comedy, these, like, bits. And we would record entire cassettes of that and build up like a mythology like we had several episodes and we would explain like what had happened between the previous episode and this episode um, how nice that's really and, cool yeah and so like it's kind of like whenever I, I listened to uh comedy bang bang for the first time i thought like that's what we were doing i, I did mean, that already like, I, I, not, yeah, not as way. well yeah. like not nearly as funny as scott ackerman but 
but I mean, like a high school, like, you know, version of that. That's funny because I did something quite similar. I used to own a radio station called ClimaxRadio.com. This is 20 plus years ago. Mm-hmm. And what we would do is we would do like an internet radio DJ kind of thing where we had a chat room where you could go in there and they had all these little things and whatnot. And I would also do a comedy show where we would call and do skits and stuff like, you know, call an adult bookstore and pretend to be an old lady having issues. I don't right. want to get too far into it, but <laughs> yeah. well, we used to have a lot of fun back in those days. Um, but yeah, very similar. It's strange. We got such a similar background in that regard. That is so cool. And um, and then we kind of did something uh, more serious uh, back in uh, the early 2010s. We started a uh, a uh, podcast called it's it was initially called Star Trek Into Darkness. And the uh, the premise was like I like I always considered myself like a pretty big nerd or dork, and but I felt that like I hadn't ever seen any Star Trek. Uh, aside from like the twenty uh, two thousand nine remake with uh, Chris Pines and Zachary Quinto and all that, mm-hmm. I loved that. That was great, but I felt like I was missing that like sort of uh, slice of my nerd pie by not having like watched any Star Trek. And so I approached Sean. And I was like, "Hey, Star Trek Into Darkness is coming out soon, like you know the next six months. Let's watch the the entire original series, podcast it." like leading up to and the movies leading up to into darkness and he's like that's great that's that sounds like an awesome idea so we did that and uh you know watched into darkness and once that was over we started to do the next generation um but ds9 then, uh, and then move on from well there. that was the plan but we had to end the show but uh oh, then we changed it we changed it to into darkness because uh like rather than just focus solely on star trek we would also watch um, like other like sci-fi other nerd stuff like we watched that terrible doctor who or whatever yeah like uh, after earth that came out uh, yeah. uh like man of steel stuff like that anything that like within the realm of like darkness nerddom. nerdiness nerddom yeah. right um <laughs> which is funny because like i said like i love that 2009 star trek and like once i like got a feel like and i don't want to sound like a gatekeeper but once i got a feel for like quote-unquote real trek Mm-hmm. Like my thoughts on that on that movie is like ah it's fun it's not really Star Trek it's more of like a Star Wars movie and then <laughs> and then I didn't like Into Darkness controversy at all. yeah right <laughs> and then I didn't like Into Darkness at all um, but but yeah anyways I digress um, and then sort of that that sort of idea uh, for uh, Into Darkness or Into Darkness rather uh, sort of um, molded and changed into what became Fandom University where we uh, take like the things that we love whether it be like resident evil or the alien movies mm-hmm. or um like grant morrison comic books okay. and we dive into them and like really unpack them and look at the subtext and look at um like what exactly like look at them beyond a superficial level you know almost to is, a lore element right i mean to a lore element on a cultural level like what is mm-hmm. Like when we did the the Hall, we did the Michael Myers Halloween movies. Like you know, what was like John Carpenter like? You know, w- wanted to say like, what? Why is this? Why did he make a movie about a faceless, uh, you know, killer like Stoke, sociopath? Like, yeah, like that as attacking this small town. You know, like you know, what is he saying? Like why? And why was it so popular? Why did it resonate with so many people at that time? And to this day, you know, we kind of talk about you know because he's got his master's in, in fine arts and I've got my master's in humanities. And so we can really unpack 
sort of like the um, the sociological the, elements, the sociological elements. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And to me, that's fascinating because oh, yeah. you know it's uh, you know I'd rather look the the art that I consume. You know, uh, I feel that it's you know it it's entertaining on a base level, but there's there's something more to it. You know, it can't be just uh, there's know, something tangible beyond the base levels of these things. Exactly, it's not it's not just candy. You know, there's mm-hmm. you know, while it tastes great, you know, there's some substance to it for sure. I like that. That's a nice analogy. <laughs> What was, what was the hardest hurdle getting started? Like, what 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 was your biggest bump that you came into, and then how did you get around that struggle when you first started? I mean, well, for for anyone that's wanting to start podcasting, I'd say uh, getting the equipment. <laughs> you know, uh, you know whether you know whether or not it's the financial aspect of buying equipment or finding the right equipment. Uh, yeah. You know, I, you know, we try to make it work with, you know, the trying to be as cost effective as possible, like trying to get the most bang for our buck. Right, right. And then uh, we just said, you know what, like, we need to invest in ourselves. If we want to do this, then we need to, you know, do it right. And so while we didn't like break the bank, getting the top of the line uh, podcasting microphones, we ended up spending a little bit of money to get, you know, something decent. And then actually, I think it was for either my birthday last year or father's day last year that my wife got me a really nice microphone. So, uh, I've got a decent one now. And so, um, uh, like, yeah, beyond, like, and then, cause like I said, it's, it, it might feel like, um, you don't want to spend that kind of money for something, but if you really want to, like, if you really want to do that, if you really want to make a podcast, you really want to try to be successful at it, uh, whether or not like, the parameters of success are, you know, depend on you. Uh, I would say that, you know, you got to sound good, you know, there's nothing worse than, uh, a, yeah, I mean, or just like that's muffled. Like, uh, yeah, I just, you know, I'd like to be able to not be distracted by the audio quality when the the meat of the, of the content is what I'm there for. Or spend eight hours trying to edit it all out. Right, right. Yeah, that's another element that kind of drives me nuts sometimes when you spend too much time on an edit. So uh, this next question actually kind of ties into what we're talking about just now is uh, what have you found works best for you in your show in regards to like mic and sound quality? What are some of the best equipment that you found? Oh, well, I use a Shure microphone. The M7, uh, MV7? Um, I don't know. I can't remember what it, what, what it is. It's not like the, the really nice one. It costs like about 200 bucks. So probably uh, the MV7, and that's the one with the USB and the uh, the other connection. Right. right, the actually like the standard mic connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly the one that I have. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, I I think that works you know well enough for me. But you know, for those of the folks that are uh, starting out that aren't trying to spend too much, I'd probably say like a Blue Yeti. I've heard like a lot of uh yeah like it's a lot. I got of, a snowball. Uh, <laughs> I got the snowball right now. Uh, is uh really popular and really effective um i like to use zoom to record uh my interviews um just makes it i mean they make it pretty much dummy proof i'm yeah. not dummy proof because i've actually screwed it up plenty of times, so, maybe, <laughs> so maybe i'm more of well a, until i figured out how to separate the audio that yeah, was once a, yeah once yeah zoom yeah that's crazy for those who don't know uh, you can actually, in a call while you're recording it, you can actually separate each person's tracks. 
so you can edit them separately. And once I figured that out, man, that was a game changer. Yeah, totally. Yeah, for me as well. Yeah, uh, it was definitely something that took me from you know a lot of like certain elements. Like when you're having a single track, and you've got both people on that same same track. Well, if that other guy's you know taking a drink of his soda and bumps the mic or whatever else, you can't really Sean. get that out. You can't really get that out right in the middle of the show. You know what I mean? Because it's it, the person's talking at the same time. Right, exactly. But when you have the separated track, you can always just nullify that one sound on the yep. other person's track, and it was never there. Exactly. Perfect. Love that. I got lost. Uh, what do you recommend for editing your show? What do you like to use? I want to keep it as cheap and free as possible, so I use Audacity. I do too. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of people have been talking good things about Audition. Have you ever messed around with that? I haven't. I haven't. I haven't even heard of that. But um, and I'm I'm very much one of those folks. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> right. And so I mean, um, like I'm I'm happy, and I and I don't even know half the things that are, are um that you can do in the program. That's so something I've been meaning to do. Is, is something I would recommend. I'm sorry. Self-taught. Yeah, exactly. As, um, yeah, as I'm go so in and, and really like, you know, watch some YouTube tutorials and figure out like what kind of cool stuff the program can do. All right. Well, I'm actually kind of in my mid break. We kind of flowed through pretty quick here. We're going to have to make things last longer on the end. Sure. <laughs> right now, I want to go ahead and thank everybody for listening to the show and uh, to all my Patreon listeners for your support. If you have not yet and would like to please follow, like, subscribe, and be sure to write a review for my show because I like need that stuff so the algorithm can pick me up and say, hey, he exists, he's here. You can also send me an email with your comments and your questions at ccreatorsguide at gmail.com. Or you can follow me at twi- on Twitter, at Twitter, <laughs> oh, words, on Twitter <laughs> at, C- at ccreatorsguide. And uh, yeah, uh, we'll be right back after this message and a short clip from today's talent. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm your host, Maverick Stone. It's me, Gingerino42. I'm Roman. Hey, this is Sassy Lady. And I'm Jaxus. And we, we are the Fallout Rounding. Join us as we explore various topics from the Fallout universe brought from multiple perspectives. We can be found on your favorite podcatchers from Spotify to iTunes. Or follow us on Twitter at FalloutRTB or our email FalloutRTB at gmail.com. Be sure to rate, follow, and subscribe. Thank you. Welcome back, everyone. So would you like to set us up with today's showcase clip? Yeah, sure. Um, This is just a clip uh, from the Dungeons & Dragons lorecast. Let's dive into where exactly this demon prince comes from. We know he rules over a layer of the abyss, uh, the 88th layer, in fact, known as the Gaping Maw. But where do the origins of this demon prince lie? The demonomicon from fourth edition offers a mythical and dare i say poetic view of the creation of not only demogorgon but other demon princes as well 
It says, drawn by whispers promising power and dominion over the unfolding realm of creation, the first primordials entered the abyss. The shattered realm they observed within the vortex was thoroughly corrupted, but these creatures were unconcerned with morality as they pressed on, beckoned by the whispering of the abyss's evil heart. As they explored farther into the desolation, they came upon a great blood-red ocean, and they knew they had reached that heart at last. So I've been out of it for so long as far as Dungeons and Dragons is concerned. Mm-hmm. And like, because I, I played a lot when I was young, you know, right. as a kid growing up, we used to have big on parties and just all of us would be up almost all night long playing D&D. Sounds, um, sounds like heaven, actually. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the, at the time it was, you know, it was just good times. And I fell so far out. It's like, I don't even know where it began now. And I feel like a little kid, like, ooh, I want to go play again. I want to go look at it. And I've been thinking to myself that these things. Why hasn't anybody done a live stream version of playing the game? I mean, as far as like live streams go, Crit, they do the Fumbling Four and the Almighty Crit, mm-hmm. which is a live play podcast. It's a homebrew. So a lot um, like this, this season is actually, they're doing the Wild Beyond the Witchlight mm-hmm. uh, adventure that D&D released last year. But it's, and using like character races from that book and all that. But as far as, they're not doing the adventure that's in the book. They're, they're doing their own stuff. Like, but, I mean, you've got Critical Role that that is a, a wildly successful. Uh, uh, that's the most popular live play that I can that um, that's probably out right now. Hmm. So uh, there is some out there. Okay. Oh no, yeah. I mean, it's there. There's definitely you, if you want to see people play D and D on the internet. No, I want to be one of those people playing on I the mean, internet. <laughs> I mean, like I was gonna say, like there's, you know, there's, there's it's a buffet out there. You can definitely find something that you like. And hmm. I'm talking um, from like homebrew stuff, like, uh, like the aforementioned critical role, like they use um, Matt Mercer's homebrew campaign setting of Exandria. There is even like the so older Dave stuff. Chaffins does a role to cast. I think it's called. Does uh-huh. that have anything to do with that? I, I haven't actually caught a show yet, but they do uh, several different tabletop RPGs. Um, hmm. They, they've done like Vampire the Masquerade, I believe. Hmm. Uh, they've done, I want to say they've done D&D as well, but um, you've got, like I'm a member of several discords that do uh, advanced Dungeons and Dragons live plays, which is what probably would have been what you played back in the gap. And there's like a Dark Sun campaign that I follow. I actually um, was out last night playing the uh, Alien RPG at my local gaming store. And that that was a ton of fun. That was they still do that, like in the like I used to play in the back of a comic shop. Yep, they still do that. Oh my goodness! Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yep. we used to do that from like every like Wednesday after school. We would go back behind the comic shop, and there'd be like eight of us back there. We'd play for a couple hours, and then I'd go home. You know. Yep, they still do that. Uh, I mean, now that you know you're older, I'm older. Like other their their priorities in life, so. Like that sort of time uh, gets away from you, but D and D is almost an obsession for me. It's uh, you know every crack of free time that I have is usually filled up with something relating to D and D, whether it's playing the game, getting ready to play the game, researching the game, researching the, the game. Like <laughs> I do a lot of research about the That's game. Something about me, yeah, yeah. So uh, when Tom asked me to if I wanted to 
uh, take over as the as the host of the Dungeons and Dragons lore cast. You know, I no brainer. Uh, I mean, like, yeah, for me personally, like, I you know, obviously talk to the wife, talk to the missus because, and that's another thing that um, that I'll get into about doing podcasts is the the you know the time that it takes to to do one well. Uh, even it's a dedication, is for sure. Yeah, even even your most popular podcast like while it seems like they just get up there and start talking and make a million dollars you know there's there's a lot more that goes into it you know once we discussed in you know it was something that we both felt that you know wouldn't be a detriment to my other responsibilities and obligations yeah it was a no-brainer I jumped at the chance and I mean it was an opportunity to do what I was doing anyway which was you know reading about D&D and excuse to buy more books <laughs> in fact uh we were at half price books the other day and they had a copy of and it was in immaculate condition a copy of the 3.5 edition of the book of vile darkness oh well and i was like oh my god they have that. that's so cool and i was like i can't i mean it's like i check in your pockets <laughs> and i was like no nah, I, I really i really can't because we just had a vacation uh we just came back from vacation so like a mm. lot of our extra money went into that and so i was like you know i could but then like i'd be really like scraping by and so like, i, I, I did that with should. my kids going to camp oh my god yeah and i was like yeah it's like i was like uh it's not responsible right now and <laughs> and i pointed out to my wife and i was like dude that's like that was one of my favorite books and she's like well how much is it i'm like i don't know man it it goes online for like up to 100 bucks and so she had them check the price it was only 50 i guess half price books right Mm -hmm. uh and she's like it can be your father's day gift and i was like yeah done (laughs) and she felt bad because she's like i I, you know it's not a surprise though and i was like i don't care like you're too hung up on surprises and all that like As long as it's something that I want and would like, you know, it's fine. Most of the time, what do we get? Nothing. Yeah, right. We're dads. We're, we're a tie. Yeah, you know, a, 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 a card, a hug. Right. Of course, the hugs are good. So, yeah, I get uh, hugs. Well, I get hugs all the time, though. Yeah, yeah, those are always good. Well, what advice would you give somebody trying to come up with a name for a show? Being as that the Dungeons and Dragons thing was already there, but you did come up. I'm sure you guys had to brainstorm on the uh, fandom university. So, like we did actually, it was actually when we first started the show. It was actually called Hyperfixated. That would get you kind of lost, not knowing where you're going with that. I can see and, why you changed it. And that was, um, and and when we joined the, and we were actually a part of the Robots Radio uh, Rocket Club. Mm-hmm. And when we had our initial meeting with Tom, that's exactly what he said. He's like. Someone who sees what's the point? Right? Yeah, someone who sees the name hyperfixate is gonna have no idea, like zero idea, like what that show is about. Right. Uh, and so then he helped us sort of like get the feel for like what our show wanted to be. And at first it was um our show, you know, the 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 reason we chose hyperfixated is sort of uh, in keeping with how we were jumping from topic to topic. Because Sean and I were, were very much the same, cut from the same cloth, and that like we would, like something like um, like when the Squirrel. Mandalorian season two, yeah, exactly, <laughs> when the Mandalorian season two finale came out, and you know we see like you know Luke and like come and get Grogu and mm-hmm. like just like it's all the feels right, 
and we're like, oh man, Star Wars can be awesome. And so he just like started reading Wars. a bunch of Star Wars comics and just like, you know, got hyper fixated on Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And then that lasted for a few weeks and then sort of like dropped off. I mean, he still loves Star Wars, still, you know, consumes. Then the, the new content. Witcher came out, boom, you know. Yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> else, and so, and so it was hard for us to figure out a subject that we wanted to discuss week in and week out. You know, even as much as we love um, like horror movies that like, do really want to like watch like horror movies all throughout the year and then talk about it and record it and, and devote that much, um, that much energy to it. And so we came it's up very to- hard to find a non, not non niche item to talk about. You know what I mean? Because if you've got multiple subjects, that makes it kind of hard for the listener to kind of figure out well, what's this going to be about, you know, and I, I see that. And that's one of the advice things that I was given a lot of. No, exactly. And, and when we, when we talked with Tom for the first time, he gave us great advice. Um, he's like, you got to get a better name for sure. Uh, <laughs> considering the fact that you don't, you know, like, like he has his fallout lore cast, like fallout lore cast, you know, exactly what that's about. What's, what, yeah, exactly. You it's, know, the elder boom. scrolls lore cast, you know, yeah. exactly what that's about. Um, he's like, since your show is going to be about different things, it's not just about Resident Evil, or it's not just about the Alien movies, or it's not just about Grant Morrison comics. Uh, you've got to, the name has to reflect something, you know, uh, that's going to be sort of an umbrella to capture, I guess, like the spirit or like the like the sort of brand that you want to put out there. And so, you know, the idea was like, well, you know, Sean and I, like I said, we both have our, our master's degrees and we're both pretty learned folks. And so we wanted to, like, like, like I said, discuss this pop culture stuff on a deeper level. You know, we wanted to expose, you know, crack open the, the candy shell to get to the, to the nutrients on the inside. <laughs> and so it was almost like, you know, like, you know, we were like educators in that sense. And so... Where did they go too? I, I think that's real, and that's what Tom does a lot. By the way, folks, um, Tom Robots is the owner of the Robots Radio Network, which you can find him at robotsradio.net. If you're somebody that's looking to start a podcast or get into content creation of some sort, he's a very big mentor to a lot of us. He's brought a lot of people through. He's made successes out of a lot of different shows. Mm -hmm. So if you get a chance, go to robotsradio.net and take a look at it. If you're somebody who's interested in kind of learning the processes and whatnot, it's very reasonably priced and he is a genius. Yeah. And you know, I, (laughs) I speak from experience having gone through that. uh, I mean, that, that initial meeting alone was for me worth the price Yeah, because like Mm -hmm. he had so many great ideas and, and a lot, and he was speaking a lot of truths, you know, a lot of folks will take your money and be like, yeah, it sounds like what you're doing is a great idea. I wouldn't change a thing. Go on, get out of there. Um, but like, <laughs> and then like you I said, move he, nowhere. <laughs> yeah. And then, but like I said, his, uh, his advice was, um, like, you got to change the name, like that name's no good. <laughs> and so, um, so he changed the name to fandom university and, uh, which we felt was, uh, like more in keeping like with what, um, with, uh, like I said, the energy, the brand that we wanted to present, and you know, we did our first season, and it was it was an absolute blast. We talked to uh, like the idea was um, 
we always joked that the uh, the show was an excuse for us to talk about the things we love with much smarter people. Exactly. And I just, <laughs> yeah. that's why I do this. I just want to have conversations with people that are smarter than me, you know, and learn. And, and so it's such uh, an easy way to do it. Yeah. And so we uh, were able to interview uh, a ton of, of, of great people. Um, like uh, he, they are the author of a couple different alien books. They just released a Star Trek DS9 book. Alex White, um, you know, Stuart Watkinson, uh, we interviewed him for um, our Alien arc, um, mm-hmm. talked about the Alien RPG game, since he is, you know, a great you know, TTRPG, he's got a great mind for it. Uh, Crystal O'Leary-Davidson, who's a professor, uh, we just talked about um, Batman Arkham Asylum with her. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm drawing a I would like to talk to down. Timothy Zahn. Star Wars books. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, no, he's yeah, he's done quite a few of the like the big books, you know, the ones that yep. really hit hard. I would, yeah, I would love to have a conversation with that guy for sure. <laughs> but yeah, like we said, uh, it was uh, it, like I said, we joked that it was an excuse to to talk about smarter people about the dorky things we love, and that's exactly <laughs> what we did, you know, like and uh, for so. Like when I talked about the parameters of success, you know, it's, it's going to be different for, for everyone who starts a podcast. And, Based on your desires. Yeah. And, you know, and for Phantom University for that first season, you know, we, I feel we achieved our success. We did exactly what we meant to do. And, uh, and those shows are, are, are out there for anyone to listen. And that's the other thing too, is because they're not really beholden to like recent uh, uh, like releases or content. You know that you can always go back and listen and not lose anything. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, yeah. when we discussed, uh, I mean, there's, there was some stuff that, um, that we, we did sort of, um, that was like in the zeitgeist. Like we did a couple episodes on the Mandalorian on, um, on Boba Fett, uh, discussing like the history of the character, like why the character for someone who really has, minutes of screen time a and, bit player yeah and and just line like a couple lines of dialogue across two movies became such an iconic and beloved character super uber cool and that's it's the thing the cool like factor he, he looks badass like yeah, that's, you yeah. can't deny that you know yeah and uh so like and we did those episodes like in in while the mandalorian season two or while uh the book of boba fett was out rather and uh great we talk- series yeah, we talked to Shayla Wren, who was a Star Trek or Star Wars content creator about, um, you know, not only just Boba Fett, but just like other stuff about like, you know, um, like the, the the fandom of Star Wars, how like toxic it can be at times. <laughs> and especially yeah. for uh, someone that was in her position, like a female creating Star Wars content, like the sort of toxicity she faces. And I was just thinking like, you know, we can be better than that. You know, like the, you know, fan, fan communities can, can be better than that. You know, I'm not saying that you have to like every bit of content that is released. No, but your, your, your criticisms can be constructive. Exactly. Yeah. Has some tangible, like intelligence behind what you're saying as opposed no, exactly. to just flying off the handle. You, know, you, you poopy face, you know, <laughs> come on now. <laughs> like, I, um, like I, I saw a meme about the, the, it's currently running uh, Kenobi series, 
and it's like the series fans wanted it's like this like buff kenobi like it's like buff ewan mcgregor like that's like, <laughs> totally wrapped ra- like rack uh, uh like ripped and jacked it's like uh, it's not him <laughs> like i am like i am a god among men like what they actually got like and it's sort of just like it's the regular ewan mcgregor and he's like you know i'm a I'm a man haunted by my past failures, you know, it's like, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's what the show is. Like, don't be mad just because you didn't get the show you wanted, which we discussed several times um, throughout the, throughout the, throughout season Well, they almost one. expected it to be a young kid. It's like, do you remember the original movie? When Ben ended up in Tatooine at that point, he just growed older. Yep. You know? <laughs> exactly. And it's like, they seem to fail to remember that part of it. Of course, they fail to remember the old actor. Um, so one quick question. So um, what do you think is a question that content creators fail to ask? And, of course, your answer to that question. Ask themselves or ask others? Like when they go to like get advice from people, what's a, what's a question that they fail to ask that they probably should be asking but they don't even think about? Um, how much time is this going to take? <laughs> Uh, because, uh, you know, they, like I wanted, I mean, I knew that they're going into fandom university and then the Dungeons and Dragons lore cast. I knew that there was, it wasn't just you show up once a week, talk for about 30 minutes to an hour and then, you know, call it a day. You know, I knew there was more to it than that, but. Uh, I didn't realize, and uh, you know, until the Dungeons and Dragons, well, actually, until Phantom University, where we're you know having to consume all this content, and on top of that, analyze it—not just like watch it, but also be able to um, like unpack it. You got to be able to speak on it intelligently instead of just going, "Ooh, that was cool." Exactly. (laughs) And so, you know, how much time is it going to take? Like, how much time? uh, Sort of like like when you're in school and they say. Oh, for every um, hour of school that you have, you should be studying. I don't know, like two or three hours on top of that. I don't know, like whatever they say, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever that metric is, but like the idea that you know, for whatever you want, you need to almost double what exactly you put like into prep, it to get it out. Prep for it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Prep and I, I, and I definitely find uh, find that is true for the Dungeons and Dragons lore cast. Um, because like you know, while I love like doing all the research, it's time consuming. You know, it's mm-hmm. uh, and and even for just maybe like thirty to forty minutes of content, you know, I could be researching for four, Two, five, six hours. hours, yeah, and just get that little bit. Well, it all depends on how readily available that information is, and how much you got to go to even find it. Sometimes it's really hard to find the information you need. You know, going searching through the internet and flowing through Google, or just word of mouth and talking to others that have a clue. Sometimes getting that information isn't so forthcoming, you know. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, getting the information one, and then also um, putting it in a uh, like formatting it in a in the manner that you want to present it. Yeah, you got to let it sauce in that beaker for a minute. Yeah, exactly. You, know? you don't want. I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, you, you don't want to just. Um, like, you know, like I just released an episode on the D&D character Tasha, also known as Igwilv, you know, and I've got seven pages of notes, um, but I don't want it to sound like, okay, uh, Tasha was da, 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 da. born a human person named Natasha, 
Um, then she was adopted by Baba Yaga, uh, and she was known as Natasha the Dark. She then appears in the Lost Caverns of Soch Camp, or rather, she doesn't appear, but she's re- she's referenced in the in that uh, adventure. Uh, she also appears in the Dragon Magazine adventure, uh, the Dancing Hut, uh, the Natasha. It's like you know, it becomes you know, a diatribe if you go exactly. Too far. Yeah. It sounds like a like a lecture, you know, like, like <laughs> yeah. you know Ben Stein and Ferris Bueller. And so it's taking that information and, you know, for me, it's interesting in and of itself. Like I, I can just, you know, consume it any which way. Um, But, you know, taking that information and then uh, presenting it in a way that you feel is entertaining entertaining Mm -hmm. and also is, is like how you want to present it, which is important, you know, like. um, I try to make things thought provoking, you know, I I want the person on the other end to like walk away asking themselves questions. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what do you got coming up next and where can somebody reach you? Uh, well, uh, every week I've got the Dungeons and Dragons forecast. Um, we're still prepping on season two for fandom university. Uh, Sean's actually, um, working on edits for his second book. So that's in the, that's in the final stages of getting ready. So as soon as he is done with that, he'll have more time to do the show. And so we'll look into possibly a second season because, I mean, there's still like a ton of stuff that. So what date is your shows like, like, so uh, D&D being a weekly show, what date does it actually hit the air? Uh, Saturdays. Saturdays. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Saturdays, uh, Fridays, if you're a patron on on our Patreon. Um, And so. And so, yeah, if you can, we're, uh, the D&D Lorecast is available anywhere you get podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google, uh, Amazon, wherever, Stitcher. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, you can email the uh, podcast, D&D Lorecast, and those are letters, Lorecast at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle, same D&D Lorecast. And uh, we're on the Robots Radio network discord we've got our own text channel so if you're interested in in the game itself uh definitely hit up any one of those if you're interested in like creating content i have questions for some reason for me about that i wouldn't know why i kind of like fell into this <laughs> uh yeah I'm, you know more than happy to help as well but yeah every saturday we release a new episode and uh like i said it's um it's it's a dream come true because like I said I, I I would be doing this anyway I was doing it anyway so yeah I, that's the way I am you know it's like I, one way or another I'm gonna find a way to get myself on air mm-hmm. I like to have conversations and I love doing so in a way that I know other people can hear it right I just I, I like to be out there hey you know but um so I'm gonna hit you with my final question what key takeaway would you like the listeners to get from your time here on the show? The key takeaway is to, if you, if you want to create content and that's anything, whether it be a podcast or uh, YouTube uh, videos, or even TikTok videos, if you want to create content, um, you know, be prepared, you know, to put in the to, work, <laughs> to put in the work Yeah, to, you know, you got to, you know, it's not by any stretch easy, you know, easy, uh, fun doesn't always equate to easy. You know, I have a great time, you know, researching 
uh, Tasha or Warduke or the, or Demogorgon or Xanathar. Like I have a blast doing that because I love it. Uh, but it's not easy. And it takes several, several hours to get not even an hour's worth of content. And so you have to ask yourself, like, are you willing to put in the work? Are you willing to put in the time? Because I don't want people to think that this is just, you know, me showing up or anyone showing up for, like I said, 30 minutes to an hour recording and then and then going off on their day. Like this isn't, this is, uh, this is going to become a, uh, this is going to become something that consumes your time and you have to be ready to, because there's another project that I was considering starting uh, and I'm still considering it. And, but I don't, I don't know. I don't want to put it out there just in case I do do it. And then, or, you know, or want to do it and someone steals my idea. But uh, in looking into this, um, this subject, you know, I looked at Spotify, like, okay, well, are there any other kind of podcasts that sort of do what I'm, what I'm thinking of doing? And I saw, it's like a graveyard of, you know, forgotten podcasts, you know, <laughs> podcasts that had, you know, four five, six episodes. And then just faded it off. And then nothing from like yeah. two years ago. I found a uh, lot of that when doing my research is uh, podcasts podcast. that, you know, what release an episode you know, uh, you know, one week and then a second week and then nothing for like a month and then nothing for two weeks and then a week and just a very sporadic, you know, release schedule. And so, you know, if you're, if you're going to want to be successful, you're going to need to put in the time and the effort to, uh, be consistent, uh, have a distinct, uh, vision of what you want to do. And if you're doing something that, you know, has, is being done elsewhere, you know, you have to do, you have to figure out like what, what makes yours different, not necessarily better, but what can you do that'll like, you know, that'll appeal to the fan base that you're trying to appeal to? Like what, like, I mean, there's, and, and, and I don't, you know, as far as like, there's uh, folks on YouTube that do D and D lore videos, like Jordan with a PH uh, who's great. Like I watch a ton of his videos, you know, for, you know, in, when researching my stuff. Uh, and so like, you know, but his style is a little different than mine. Obviously he's, he's on YouTube, I'm a podcast, but you know, like we're essentially doing the same thing. Like what about, you know, what am I doing differently to appeal to the D and D lore consumer essentially? Yeah, and those lines can blur at any time. No, yeah, and, you know what I'm saying. We could do the talking head thing and throw this on YouTube tomorrow. At the same time, you might want to add something to it to change it up, some like he does. You know, I mean, exactly. I'm sure he's got video and background and yep. you know, different art things that he pops up. That I mean, stuff that can make all, a big difference. Pretty, a lot of his videos are all um, like he doesn't even appear in them. It's all like uh, like images and just with voiceover work. Yeah, like a cinema graphic kind of thing. Yeah, right. Cinematography. Oh, I don't know. Oh, Google it. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us today. I hope you enjoyed your time here today, Sergio. I definitely enjoyed having a conversation with you. All right, folks, we're going to be done here. I hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to check out my guest work and keep creating. Bye-bye. This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Do you love Dragon Age? 
Have you always wanted to learn more about its vast world and detailed lore? Are you still attached to your hero of Ferelden, even a decade after Dragon Age Origins came out? Or maybe you're a newer fan, still discovering a new tidbit or quest every day. Well, either way, the Dragon Age Lorecast is the podcast for you. I'm Austin, also known as Teacup. And I'm Shelby, also known as SheCup. And come and join us as we embark on a journey to explore and discover all things Dragon Age. We'll discuss all kinds of topics, from Lyrium to the Chantry and the great mysteries of the old gods, and even more that even you Bioware superfans might not know about. So come and listen on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And always remember... Swooping.